What is up, Elevation? Hey! Y'all, this night's already so good, and I'm just excited to be here and excited that y'all are here. If y'all do not know me, my name is Adriana Reynolds. I'm a junior at UCA studying elementary education. Go Bears! Go Bears! Also, I'm in an amazing life group. Shout out to my life group leader. Um, I also get the awesome opportunity to serve in our High, our church's high school ministry, Real Life Shameless Plug. If you've ever considered serving in the church, y'all should talk to me about, and I'll share my experiences with getting plugged in. I only have six minutes, so find me after. But tonight, Justin just asked us to share about who Jesus is and what he's done in your life. And as I was praying for tonight and preparing, um, the Lord reminded me of one of the biggest things that he has taught me um, as I've developed a personal relationship with him. And that is that he wants us. He wants all of us. He wants all of our anxieties, all of our fears, all of the sins we struggle with. He wants it all through vulnerability and surrender. So before I get into personal experience that, I just want to ask y'all a question to get y'all thinking that I've been challenged with. And that is, why are we so quick to hold on to things when we know that nothing in our hands will ever compare to what God wants to replace it with? Let me ask that again. Why are we so quick to hold on to things when we know that nothing in our hands will ever compare to what God wants to replace it with? So I'm just going to be vulnerable with y'all for a little bit and just share a moment where it finally clicked for me that God doesn't just want our joys and our victories in our wins, but he wants it all. And so last year after Christmas break, I came back and my family had just walked through some pretty traumatic stuff back to back. My sister had a miscarriage and then we lost a close family friend a few weeks later. And then after that, my brother got into some really serious trouble and it was just the furthest away from the Lord that he's ever been. And I came back to Conway carrying all of that weight and I hit a point where I couldn't carry it anymore on my own and realized that I wasn't just carrying the weight of the things that happened in the past two months, but the weight of years of insecurity in the way of expectations to please everyone and just growing up with an emotional abuse, I was carrying it all because I didn't know what true intimacy and vulnerability with the Lord looked like. I let fear and guilt and shame hold me back and build up walls from transferring these burdens to the Lord. And um, there was one moment where the Lord just met me one night. Me and Max shared a room and a closet and in our closet. We had this little area that we dedicated to, for prayer. And there was one night, it was 2 a.m. I was restless. My mind was just filtering through all the things that I was carrying. And the Lord said, Adra, I'm gonna need you to go get in that closet so we can have a talk. And so I tiptoed to the closet. Sorry if I woke you up, Mac. And um, in that moment, the Lord just spoke to me and said, Adra, you've been carrying all these things for years. None of this I've meant for you to carry. My son died. I sent my son to die for you so you could lay these at his feet. And so the past year has been me putting um, surrender and vulnerability into practice. And so I just want to share with y'all two points um, that I've learned in this process. And the first one is we are given an invitation to come. And in Matthew, Emily talked about this last week. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, it says, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. And when I read this and it says, come to me, I imagine the story in the Bible where Jesus says, let the children come. And I picture myself as one of those children just running so without hesitance to the Lord and his arms are wide open. 
And in Hebrews 4, 15 through 16, it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our, with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time. God wants all of us so bad that he sent his son to die so he, so he could walk this life, and we he is able to empathize with the things we walk through. And I want y'all to let, let that give you confidence to walk boldly and without hesitance to the throne. And my next point is, true surrenderance is not a one-way street. The Lord is gonna follow your act of willingness to surrender and your act of letting go and releasing control with something far greater. In Philippians 4, 6 or 7, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Peace follows when you release your anxiety to the Lord. And with surrender, you might have to sacrifice and confess things. And I know for me, that can be so scary and I can be so fearful because of guilt and shame. But right on the other side of all that fear and guilt and shame is the Lord and everything he has to offer in, in place of that is far greater. So just as I'm finishing up, I wanna leave y'all with a question to answer either later in service or later in your quiet times this week. And that is, what are you holding on to? Anxiety, fear of future, a relationship, or just control? And what lie from the enemy is stopping you from giving that to the Lord? And so, and after you answer that question, just remember that Jesus is on the other side of any fear or lie that you're believing in. And, sorry, sorry, and, um, and he, what he has to offer is eternal, and what the world has to offer is temporary. So um, I think that that's all I have. And now I'd like to introduce our next Young Gun speaker, the one and only Tyler Sellers. Hello, hello. Yo, this is crazy. This is, uh, this is wild. Do you guys know what a shower moment is? You know, you have, like, conversations with, like, an imaginary person in the shower. This is, like, one of those moments for me. That was weird, but I just wanted to say that. Okay, um, my name is Tyler. Hello. How are you guys doing? Doing good? Cool. Um, I'm a sophomore at NLC College. Yes, sir. Uh, if you want to get to know me, it's super easy. I just, I make music. That's what I do. I make music. I get the cool opportunity to do worship here at Elevation. And can I just say one thing? Um, I love the heart that you guys have for worship. It's amazing. And I know I'm, I, get to, I'm on, I get the opportunity to be on the other side. I just want to let you know that your heart inspires me and makes me want to love Jesus more. So thank you. And keep bringing it. So, um, so this past Tuesday, I had a whole message prepared for you guys. And then God just wrecked me Tuesday night. Um, and so I'm coming with a completely different message tonight. Changed it up. But I know that the message that I have tonight is where I am right now. Um, and I know God wants to speak through it. So... Um, tonight I'm going to speak about dreams, and I don't mean dreams like what you see when you fall asleep. I mean like, I mean your goals, your aspirations, the things that you're working towards, um, and I believe that God has given me some scripture to share with you that can guide us if we let it, and um, he's also, there's some amazing people in my life that have spoken some wisdom to me, and I want to share that with you as well. Um, so first I want to tell you where I'm at. Oh, I also got to say like, I usually have a guitar, so it's weird, like the whole hand thing. So <laughs> just bear with me, okay? Um, uh, 
Okay, so here's where I'm at right now in regards to dreams. I, um, I've been pursuing a career in music since I was 12 years old. So for seven, almost eight years, every day, I've thought about it. I've dreamed about it. I've sacrificed for it. I've devoted my life to music. And right now, I feel I'm on the edge of everything that I've ever dreamed of. Um, the record label conversations are starting now. Um, I'm dreaming of moving to L.A. one day. I get to do this journey with some amazing people. Um, but right at this moment, it was crazy. I was talking with Braden the other day. I don't know where he is. Um, and I, I was, recently I've been asking God to mold me. And, you know, that's a, that's a pretty bold prayer because he's been doing that. He's been showing me some things right on the edge of all these things that I dream for. Um, he's been realigning my heart. Um, so tonight I'm going to share some things that I'm, I'm very much, I'm here. I'm not an expert on dreams. This is just where I'm at. So hear that. Okay. So the first thing I have to ask you and I have to ask myself is where is your treasure? Matthew six 19, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. And this is the important part. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. I'm gonna say that again. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So we have to ask ourselves, where are our hearts? Whose kingdom are we really trying to build? It can be easy sometimes um, to just to pursue a dream and have our own dream and then just ask God to bless it. But we have to trust God enough that we're willing to give him our dreams. We're willing to lay down our dreams. And we can trust him because I tell you, God, God knows the future and he controls it. This is Isaiah 46, 9. Remember the things I have done in the past. This is God speaking. Remember the things I have done in the past, for I alone am God. I am God and there is none like me. Only I can tell you the future before it even happens. Everything I plan will come to pass, for I do whatever I wish. That's the God that we can surrender our dreams to. He's a powerful God. And this is something that was told to me Tuesday night. Be careful with your dreams. Be careful with your plans because God is a bigger dreamer than you are. He's a bigger dreamer than you are. And so many times it can be so easy to pursue this dream and we're reaching for this dream. And the whole time God's like, I got something bigger for you. You just got to let it go. Give it to me. Um, and hear me out, this whole time I'm talking about dreams, I'm not talking about just putting your dreams to the side. Trusting God with your dreams doesn't mean you put it on the sideline and you wait for him to do something with it. A lot of times God has given you that dream for a reason. Having a big dream can be the fuel that takes you to the place God wants you to go, but it's not always the destination. Oh, you know, that's huge. I, like I said, I'm speaking to myself right now. The dream that God's given you a lot of times can be the fuel, but it's not always the destination. We have to remember that. Um, the second thing I want to talk about is, this is another one, don't worry. Wow. Okay, this is huge. Right now, um, Matthew six thirty one. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? Or does God have a purpose for my life? Or am I doing the right thing? Am I choosing the right job? I, blah, blah, blah. You know, all those things. For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So when we are pursuing our dreams, we have to remember to first 
seek his kingdom and his righteousness. First, when we're pursuing, it, pursuing our dreams, and when we do this, we can trust that he'll take care of us and we'll be right where we need to be. So don't worry, and I'm speaking to myself. Replace worry with trust. And this is the last thing, and I really want us to get this. Um, Christ is enough. And so like I said earlier, I, I, make, I get to make music, and I get the really cool chance to work with a producer in Los Angeles, and I've been working out there for about four years now. And he's a Buddhist. He's not a believer. And ever since I've met him, it's been on my heart for him to know the Lord. And as a believer, as someone that wants to build, help build his kingdom, I have to ask myself, am I okay with the idea that the whole reason that he sent me out there is for him to be saved? I have to be content with that. Am I okay with that? Is Christ really enough for me? That that's the whole reason why? Am I okay with that? And I know that you all have dreams too. You might have dreams of starting your own business one day. You might dream of, uh, you might be chasing your career right now, your dream job. Or you just might be trying to get through college. I don't know. One of, you, who knows? You know what it is. But I ask you the same question. Is Christ enough for you? Is he enough? More than your dream. More than anything. Is he enough for you? Philippians 4, 11 through 12. For I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Christ is enough. So let's continue to work with everything that we have towards the dreams that God has given us. But through it all, let's remember to check our hearts. Where's our hearts? Let's remember that we don't have to worry when we're pursuing God. And let's remember that more than anything, Christ is enough. Thank you, guys. I want to give it up. Hey, sir. Um, next, we got Jania Flake. Give her a big hand. She takes the stage. Let's go. What is up, my people? My name is Jania Flake, and if I haven't gotten the pleasure to meet you, I just want to say hello and welcome. We are so glad that you are here. I have the honor and the privilege of co-leading freshman girls who I love and adore alongside of my really good friend, Rachel Rainey. And I also have the privilege to speak to you guys tonight, which I'm super pumped about. So y'all ready to get started? All right, let's get it. So when Justin first asked me to speak tonight and just kind of hype up Jesus, I began to ask myself, okay, why do I love Jesus? So as I was driving, I was thinking about my personality, as one does, and the first thing that came into my head was, you know, the number one thing that comes into most people's heads right now, the Enneagram. And so, according to JaniaFlake.com, because, you know, that's the most reliable source there is, what is your Enneagram number is the number one asked question of today. And so, me being me wants to be a part of the trend, you know good conversation starter, I'll frequently participate in this as well and ask, hey, what's your Enneagram? Praying that they say either a seven or an eight because truth have it, I have no idea what the other ones are. Only for them to be like, oh, you know, a four wing five. And then I'm like, oh, cool, cool. So, you know, this 
year's been crazy, literally having no idea how to respond because I don't know any of them. And so as I'm laughing at myself and reflecting on my Enneagram number, which if you haven't picked up on, is a seven wing eight, I started to think about how it played a relationship in my role with Christ in this year. And that led me to the passage of Jesus walking on water. This is spoken in three of the four gospels and I'll be reading in the one that's talked about in Matthew. So if y'all have y'all's Bibles, feel free to flip to Matthew 14, 22 through 33. Okay, so at this point in scripture, Jesus had just fed the 5,000. And so now he is sending his disciples before him to go to the next town over in order to continue to spread his name and heal people and bring them to know him. And so as the disciples were on the water, a storm comes and scripture says that they were beaten by the waves for the wind was against them and they were terrified. And they see Jesus walking on water. And once they realize that it's him, Peter, who I'm convinced is an eight, says, Lord, if it is you, command me to walk on water. So Jesus tells them to come and Peter begins to get out the boat. And as he confidently begins to walk on water, in verse, in verse 30, which I think is crucial, scripture says, but when he saw the wind. In an instant, Peter took his eyes off of Jesus and became afraid. And in the midst of drowning, he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus, extending his hand, looks at Peter and says, Oh, you have little faith, why do you doubt? I soon realized that my wind and waves that were causing me to lose sight of the one who gives me eyes to see were the racial prejudice and tension of today. Lives of people who look just like me, who think like me, who act like me, who love the Lord as much as me, if not more than me, were being taken from them unjustly. And I was tired. I was tired of seeing hate towards my people. I was angry at having to fight for basic human rights. I was brokenhearted at the idea of what my three-year-old niece would soon enough have to walk through. And I was to the point of trembling and I was shaking and I was begging the question, Lord, why do I love you? I was hopeless and I couldn't breathe. And I suspect that although not all of you can necessarily relate to racial injustices, you can relate to your own frustrations of life. Angry at how your earthly mother and father has brought so much pain to your life. Tired of having to bear the pressures of college and society's rules of acceptance. Confused on why you're the one who has to deal with anxiety and other mental illnesses. Hopeless that you will never be enough. And it is in these moments when the wind is beating the loudest and the waves are crashing the hardest that the Lord begins to whisper, look up, child. If you would just look up long enough to see my hand extended, if you would just look up and stop capitalizing the things that I have lowercase, stop capitalizing the opinions of the world, stop capitalizing the viewpoints of your friends, stop capitalizing your work and your success, if you would just look up long enough, you would see that I am enough. Why am I not enough for you? Is the Lord enough for you? Because I wish, I wish I could say, yes, Lord, absolutely, you are enough for me. But oftentimes, I find myself in situations where I can't. But this is what I can confidently tell y'all. That just like Jesus sent the disciples before him, and just like he walked on water before Peter and with Peter, the Lord has already victoriously triumphed over all of our fears and doubts. He knows that he is in the heart of the sea with us and that he is there and he walked it before we did. He calls us to walk in the face of our insecurities, knowing that soon enough he will turn our seas into a highway. And so why do I love Jesus? Because he is a high priest 
who sympathizes with our weaknesses and lowering himself, he gets in the middle of the sea with you. And in the midst of the waves, he tells you it is because you matter. And refusing to leave us there, he asks us to stop capitalizing the things of this world and to just look up at him in order to free us from a life of pain and hurt so that we may walk boldly in his footsteps. And that, that is why I love Jesus because I am able to rest in that hope. That's all I got for you. Um, but <laughs> that's all I got, that's all I got. But this is what I do have to say. Y'all are in so much luck because the night ain't over yet. And y'all are about to get brought to church if you haven't already. So give it up for Julia Mulpin. Hey, Elevation. How y'all doing tonight? We have heard some great words from my three so good friends. Oh, my gosh, y'all brought it. I've got some big shoes to fill. So as, as Jania just said, I'm Julia Mulpin. If I haven't had the chance to meet you. A little bit about myself, I'm from Little Rock, and I get the amazing opportunity to co-lead a life group of girls here in Elevation with my awesome friend, Hannah Thomas. Shout out to her. I'm also a senior film student at UCA. Go Bears. Yeah, go Bears. So what I want to talk to you guys about tonight is going to be a little bold and a little vulnerable. Is that okay? Sweet. Let's get into it. Okay, so right off the bat, I want to ask y'all a question, and I just want you to be thinking about it as I continue to share. How come we don't believe in our own value, yet the enemy knows our value? I'll say that one more time. How come we don't believe in our own value, yet the enemy knows, all caps, our value? Around the time that I was asked to speak tonight, I felt the Lord laying this question on my heart because I have my whole life struggled with self-image and self-worth. And it was at its absolute worst in high school and then it continued to snowball in my freshman and sophomore year of college. In high school, the enemy whispering, you're not as pretty as her. You're not as athletic as her. Look at the way guys fawn over her. They will never look at you like that. And then it was time for me to go to college and I decided to go to film school in Tennessee my freshman year. The enemy was attacking me even more You know nothing about film. How could you possibly think you'd be successful like the people around you? They've had so much experience. You know nothing. Then it was time for me to come home from school. And who can relate to coming home after being a while away is a little difficult. Mm -hmm. So when I got home, life was dark. My family was in an incredibly low place. My mom got sick that summer. My dad was struggling with alcoholism. My brother hated being around us because of past hurts. And I, not knowing it at the time, was beginning to struggle with depression. So we were in a really low place, and I wanted a reason to get out of the house. So that's when I found NLC internship here at the Conway campus. Shout out. Yeah, yeah. So I've grown up going to new life, but I never really got plugged in until that summer. And that's when I found godly community truly for the first time. And so it was at the end of that summer that I felt God urging me, you don't need to go back to Tennessee. You need to stay right here because this is where you're going to find me again. This is where you're going to find relationship with me again. And so things started looking up. I found godly community. I got plugged into elevation. Things were going good. But man, the enemy... He really loves to test us. 
He started telling me, you won't amount to anything. Your family is so broken, and it's up to you to fix it. It's up to you to keep y'all together. You can't be a leader. You're not a good enough Christian. You haven't been faithful to God. No one cares about you here, not really. Not like they say they do. Your depression means that you can't do anything. It means you are broken. So how could you possibly think you could influence someone or lead someone when you are this broken? I'm going to ask them to put up a slide. And I want to ask all of you, if you have heard any of the lies that I have said or any of the lies that are about to go on the screen, I want you to raise your hand. Y'all, look around the room. He ain't even that creative. He's using the same material on all of us. <laughs> I allowed these lies to become part of my identity, and that caused incredible hardship on my family, my relationships with my family, my friends, and especially God. I looked for my value and what the world said and what other people said about me and not what the Lord said about me. And I didn't know it at the time, but the enemy wasn't just whispering these lies to bring me down. No, it was because he saw that I had potential if I gave my life to the Lord, and that scared him. So let's look at what the word says, what the truth is, what God says about us. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Now wherever you go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mark 1, 17, and Jesus said to them, come and follow me and I will transform you into men who catch people instead of fish. The enemy knows the purpose God has for you and that's to reach people. Every single person in this room, he knows that if he loses you, he's gonna, he is bound to lose more souls because of the impact that you will have. The enemy wants you for quantity but God knows your quality. Genesis 1:27. So God created man in his own image. He made us to be like him, to be a reflection of Jesus to the people around us. I had to relearn that my identity is found in God and not in the world. And that is when I started learning my worth. That is when I started seeing it and not relying on what other people had to say about me. Now, let me be real with you. I still struggle. I don't have it figured out. I don't have it perfected. But now I know that whenever I hear those lies, whenever those thoughts come into my mind, I can go back to what the word says, what God said that I am, who he said that I am and what I'm meant to be and my purpose. And that's to be his child, his daughter, to love his people, to go after them, to serve the church, to serve God. So what does this mean for y'all? I've said all this to say, and I'm talking about everybody, each of you have value. You are priceless. The enemy wants you to think that you don't because he knows that you are a threat to him the second that you submit your life to God. So here's what I want you to do. The next time that you have some alone time with God, whether that's whenever we go back into worship or maybe it's whenever you have quiet time later, but I wanna encourage you to sit down with God Write down the list of the lies that the enemy has spoken over you, the ones that you've started believing. And then I want you to pray to him and ask God, God, what do you say about these things? What do you say about me? Who do you say that I am? And I honestly believe 
that if you listen, listen closely, I believe what you hear will set you free. I wanna ask everyone to close your eyes and bow your heads.